0: The Joyful Friar podcast is made possible by the generous support of our friends. To support the podcast, please visit Nathan-Castle.com and donate today. Hi, this is Father Nathan. Welcome to this episode of the Joyful Friar podcast. This is the third in a trilogy uh, around a person you could meet in my newest book, Afterlife Interrupted, book three, please let me explain. His name is Samuel. We're calling him Samuel the Clothier. That's what he did for uh, his life's work. He worked in uh, in high-end menswear. And um, we met him in, in this process that we do for folk that, that show up and ask for some help. In their afterlife movement. It's best if you uh, can go to find that book. It's on Amazon. Uh, it'll soon be out as an audiobook. We've just finished doing the audiobook, but it takes a few weeks of production to get it all the way to being available for purchase. But in the previous two podcasts, I've told his story in brief. And then um, last time, I did the thing we call compassionate response to uh how this story might have affected people who've heard it and today we'll be doing what we call spiritual practice. If you recall uh Samuel was uh he died uh after retiring so uh somewhat late in life he uh explained to us in uh when we were in dialogue with him that he, he said he that, that he was a homosexual person in a time and place where had that been known, it, it would have been uh thought um awful. And so he didn't disclose that very often at all, but he he um said he was determined to have a happy life. And he said, for good or ill, um the way that a man dressed and appeared caught his eye. He decided to turn that trait to the good and make it serve people so he worked in um in fine men's clothing he said his bread and butter were the stockbrokers and lawyers who could afford that kind of uh, clothing and service Uh, but he also uh, enjoyed the occasions when someone who normally wouldn't shop at such a nice place perhaps before their wedding or a job interview would come in and he would do a consult with them about Um, their appearance he explained that his method was to um, engage a person and uh, ask them if they were willing to to describe some physical characteristic that they had that they thought was a positive something about their appearance that they liked he said many people had never been asked that and found it hard to even answer the question to talk about themselves their appearance in a positive way but he said usually most people could do it And then he followed that with, would you permit me to assess what I think are some characteristics of you that are positives that we could build upon? And he said, clients usually said yes to that. So he might say, well, you have piercing green eyes. So any shades of green that we might have in your clothing will prompt better eye contact with you and better human interactions. He said, you, he might say, uh, you have um, an engaging smile. You look like a gentle man who has uh, a, a smiling countenance. He said, you're, you're, this part of your face suggests uh, gentleness. So I wouldn't put anything scratchy like wool next to your face. I would go with cloth that has more of a sheen uh, or something that is just softer. So I I thought that was really uh, informative. I'd never given that much thought. Anyway, he described how he started by building on positives. And then he told us an extraordinary thing that in his afterlife, the person who was his companion most of the time, who was actually his guardian angel kind of uh, in disguise sort of, um, maybe that's too, not the right word, but he said the, this, uh, this, a person who accompanied me presented himself as though he were like one of my loyal long-term clients somebody that i had a long history with and um, with whom i uh, uh, got along well he said that um that at one point his guardian said to him would you allow me to show myself to you as i truly am would you allow me to show you to myself as i truly am have you ever said that to anyone I just thought it was a really disarming uh, lovely question and he said well of course and he said well then watch me closely and his guardian said watch me now while I turn and he did a 360 he just turned and he went from being rather human looking in his form to nothing but blazing light he did it soft slowly enough that uh, Samuel was able to take in the beauty of it and then when he morphed back converted back into the way that he appeared earlier and a more human form he said tell me what you just saw and samuel said i just saw beauty beyond anything that i've ever seen before and he said well would you step this way and he brought samuel in in front of one of those series of mirrors where one of them is right in front of you and the other two are going off at a 45 degree angle you've been in one of those in a clothing store i'm sure where it allows you not only to see a frontal view of the clothing you're considering buying but a sort of a side peripheral view at the same time he had um that would have was a tool of the trade uh, Samuel would have done that used those all the time he he was asked by his guardian to stand in a place like that he said now would you turn and do as I just did and then look at the mirror and Samuel did a turn and It wasn't exactly the same because a human and an angel are not exactly the same, but he said it was it was very similar. He saw nothing but beauty, color, light. Uh, And and when he turned all the way around and came back to the form that he had been in previously, his guardian said, now, what did you see? He said, well, I saw uh, beauty, uh, indescribable beauty. And he said, now, is it really true? that that you are that beautiful and he said I can't deny it I just witnessed it so that's the basic story that I'm working with as a spiritual practice I wonder um I'm going to use a word that is often used around churches so um if you're not a churchy person don't let it distract you it's a, a benign word it just gets used at church a lot it's called convert in fact when I do these I'm doing this on Zoom. As soon as I end this uh, program and I hit uh, end meeting, a box pops up in it and the file converts. I don't understand what it's converting from and <laughs> to, but it needs to do something to change the way it is before I can um, save it and then uh, send it on to be edited. Convert just means co and com, con mean uh, with, and vert means uh to turn or to turn around. So to convert means to turn around. The challenge for us, I think, is that sometimes when when someone suggests that we need to convert or that it would be best, it would be in our best interest to turn around. Very often, our egos immediately um, dig their heels in. What do you mean? I need to convert? i um, perfect just the way I am you know or I don't need your judgment or whatever we we can are we can take umbrage at the very idea that there's anything in us that needs to change well that's just your ego okay once in a while somebody is just being rude uh but but um most of us move through life maturing and and growing into our higher self whatever you want to call it your best self by changing and uh, and it's good to change often uh, uh onward and upward anyway, the idea behind this spiritual practice is if you want if you wanted to convert from the version of yourself that you are currently to an even better version, how would you do that? well, in particular for this little spiritual exercise, because um Samuel was on the receiving end or uh, of other people's disdain because of his orientation he said he, you know he was used to um being uh, thought ill of um but he he, oh, he didn't let that drag him down it was just a fact that was uh, sort of beyond his control so um where where I'm going with this is I want to ask you if you're interested Do you think there's any one individual or kind of person that you look down on and don't feel um, like that's a problem? I, for example, grew up in um, southeast Texas. I was born in 1956. And in my early years, the Catholic churches that I belonged to were segregated. Uh, there were white Catholic churches and in a town with enough black Catholics, their own church because of segregation. The church at the time didn't um, stand up to that wrong. It uh, accommodated it. Well, I lived through the period when we did convert. I, I went to a Catholic high school that was the first in the county to uh, mix white and black students. I was there for that those early years Uh, and I, i watched that even embedded systems that had gone on for generations were capable of changing and it was for the better that they did but i did see that even an institution like my church that i trusted could um kind of haplessly go along with something that really wasn't right and that put other people down that put somebody down If you know the Jesus stories in the Gospels, um, he's at odds with the organized religion of his day a great deal of the time. And a lot of that is because uh, it had accommodated to um, allowing or even teaching that some people ought to be excluded. Uh, The Samaritans, for example, had been opponents in a civil war 500 years earlier, and, and there were still grudges about that. So the story of the Good Samaritan is so astounding because who would have thought there was a good one? We've only been taught that they are scum. Um, there would be, you know, the woman caught in adultery or, or you know, people saying, don't you know what she does for a living? Or or some somebody outside the border of one thing or another. And uh, very often there were whole groups of people, lepers, for example, that you just weren't supposed to go near and it was okay to uh, look askance at them. So I wonder if there's any any um, any group of people in your own life where you might have picked up some such training. And are you willing to look at that again? Uh, it doesn't have to be social economic groups or, or ethnic groups. It could be um, family loyalties. There might have been some rift in your family a generation or two ago, and we don't talk to that side of the family because of something. Uh, or even more painfully, there might be somebody in your past that did you something uh wrong and painful and never apologized for it. And so when you think of them, you have uh feel like you have a right to the grudge or the um the ill will because they started the fight, something like that you might not want to do this you just might not but if you do want to try to um, convert that is to turn around you're the one in charge of you (laughs) you can change if you want to and you can make small steps you can at least get started one thing that uh, I'm going to a practice that I'm going to show you here that, that that could be the start is first of all to want it or sometimes to want to want it or want to want to want to want it, you know, just start somewhere uh, and don't thwart yourself by saying that's impossible. I could never love an enemy. Well, um, you know, I follow Jesus the Christ and not only did he create enemies by loving across boundaries that others thought ought not be transgressed. He was told any number of times you shouldn't talk to that person. You shouldn't go to that place. Uh uh, and he very often just moved right through those um, warnings and accepted and loved somebody who uh, he was being told ought not be loved well um, I'm going to recommend a practice and you can try it see if it works for you it needs to have some quiet because um, the, the loudest voice in your head they may very well be your ego it wants to defend itself it, it wants to say that it's right and it's the other person's fault or uh, after all this is the way I was taught or this is what my religion or this is what my country or this you could it'll it'll have recourse to all kind of um validations of this is why I'm entitled to feel as I do about somebody uh, uh who I believe is lesser in some way that voice is gonna be loud. And so it's important, I think, to try to do this kind of practice in some kind of quietude where you quiet the mind. I like to light a candle. It's funny because I'll light a candle and then close my eyes. I use those kind that are in, in glass where I'm, I don't have an open flame that could set the house on fire. I like those ones that come in some sort of glass container like a vigil light. Um, but anyway, I like having a candle going and and quiet. I put my, I put my phone in the other room and um i i dedicate i call it prayer it's a spiritual practice not everybody uses the word prayer to describe their spiritual practice but but i call it prayer so i as a catholic i start in the name of the father son and holy spirit and i think of myself as being inside god not just talking to god as to an object but if god's everywhere and is enormous and i'm small and in only this place, I'm always inside God anyway, but I, I, I start, uh, the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then I imagine being inside God, and and the word imagine, you, uh, it's, in English, it can be kind of slippery, sometimes when we think of something being imaginary, we think it's unreal, or make-believe, well, you can imagine real things, and unreal things, do it for, right now, if you want, can you imagine something that, you know, is real, Uh, Thanksgiving dinner, there's no turkey in here, but I can imagine Thanksgiving dinner, and there really is Thanksgiving dinner, I can imagine my dog or cat or um, uh, my car, I can imagine lots of real things, and I can have a picture of them in my head, an imago, an image, then I can also imagine things that are not real, that they can live in my imagination, I remember doing this exercise once with someone who came out with the idea of the image of a talking bowling ball. Well, bowling balls don't talk. That's not a real thing. Doesn't mean you can't imagine it. When I was a child, I watched cartoons that had all kind of things in them that even a child knew wasn't real, but they were entertaining, talking bowling balls. Well, when I say imagine, I'm not saying pretend. I'm just saying allow the image to present itself in your head. And when I do this, I I think of God as not just... Uh, an inert other that i'm talking to i invite participation i think of my the screen of my imagination and i do think of it as like that like the place where uh, like the screen that i'm looking at right now as i'm talking to you um i give i think of the screen of my imagination as being like a touch screen where you interact and i say to the holy spirit would you put on my imagination would you play with me would you allow um would you use my imagination to show me something you'd like me to see? So I'm not just always projecting the whole time and only hearing my own psycho babble. And um, I say to the Holy Spirit, would you show me what you would like me to see? And I'll try to be still and see it. You can do the same thing with hearing of the other senses, but uh, for me, visual uh, has been the way I've done this. So I'm, I'm preparing to, um, to turn around, possibly, to convert the way I think and and relate to someone who I am disposed to think less of for some reason. And in my life, sometimes that's been because they hurt me. And because they've hurt me, now I think less of them because of what they said or did. And any goodness that's in them uh, gets diminished because the thing that's front and center is the offensive behavior that they Uh, exhibited toward me well for example if i wanted to work on that if i wanted to turn around that and see the beauty like um like uh, samuel's angel and samuel himself saw the beauty there's beauty in everybody there is it's built in I, i i just think that's absolutely true there's beauty in in the most awful person on earth because they're made made of god they're made in the image and likeness of god the first two pages of the Bible have that seven page I mean that seven um day story of creation. God stands apart from everything and says it's good. And then the second story, the uh the Adam and Eve one, it's 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 the earth is this garden with everything in it that's so lush. That's where I began. That I believe that it's true that the person who has hurt me most is still beautiful in God's eyes. Um I also go to jesus who while dying we using, he used one of his dying breaths on the cross to say father forgive them they don't know what they're doing even though they just drove nails through his hands and feet and maybe are standing there laughing and jeering and so on nobody apologized nobody said i'm so sorry he just forgave them because he could and you might you and i not might not be able to do that in one breath but there's no reason you can't say, would you give me some of that? I do that frequently. I say, um, would you give me some of what you got? I I want to be that forgiving, um, but I can't do it all on my own. I'll try as hard as I can, but would you please augment, supplement, boost my ability to try to see the goodness in everyone, come what may. One way that you might start this is when you go into prayer, maybe light a candle, Maybe if it helps have a little light music on in the background, something perhaps instrumental just to cover over the sound of any other ambient noise around you. Um, uh, sometimes people like to light in, uh, incense so that they have a, a pleasant smell too. Any of these sensory things that create a pleasant uh, environment can be helpful. And then I would say, would, would you help me imagine someone I love? Just pick somebody. I have um this. Can you see these two? That's my mom and dad. Uh I'm 60, almost 68 years old. And the any issues that I had my, with my mom I hardly ever did have an issue. But with my dad, I did. We we struggled to have a loving relationship over over the years, but we got there. And oh. now I have, when I think of either one of them, I don't have any um uh problems at all. I just love them. So I might start with somebody I already love and who is not problematic in my imagination and just say, would you please show me my mom and dad? And then just let my senses and my imagination be full of um, another or other persons that I already love and everything in me uh, feels safe, good, positive um, around them. Or, or I'm grateful for experiences we've had together, or whatever. And that they, my parents have, have both died uh, more than ten years ago, and that doesn't matter because they're still alive in spirit. But anyway, just taking somebody you already love, and it's—I think it's helpful to have a photo. And you probably, if if you love them, you probably have at least one photo. Um. Uh, and just allow your imagination to be filled with love, and allow your heart to feel loved allow yourself to feel accepting of another person and that other person is flawed but you don't care Um, we don't love get to love absolutely perfect people but uh, sometimes love just overlooks it it sees around it it contextualizes it doesn't care it just loves anyway Um, and sometimes uh, when we move into that space We become aware that i'm not the perfect lover either that i have all my faults and foibles and stumbles and these people love me anyway that can be really helpful so start with somebody that you already know you love and accept and then if you want to convert to turn you can say may i take this energy of loving and may may i now think of someone with whom i'm struggling some person or some group that i'm inclined to think the worst of could we start there and and then allow something to emerge it 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 might not be what you started with you might be you might choose that i really want to work on my you know my ex-partner or um the annoying person at work or you might have somebody in your mind that you know that you would like to treat more fairly or treat more lovingly not because they deserve it but because that's the person you want to be you don't have to wait for you can be a more loving person because you choose to be well it or if you need it to be a category of uh drug abusive people the homeless uh, uh gays um um muslims um anybody that's a different color than you um the other gender or whatever it doesn't really matter there's and the culture gives us so many opportunities to be angry about somebody in some kind uh, it really needs to be turned down but back to to where i was um letting your imagination be filled with goodness and love and positivity because you're so well loved by somebody and, and you can see the goodness in them so easily then you just say i say to my higher power who is the holy spirit Father, Son, and Spirit, Jesus. I'll say, would you now? Could we now move over to this category of this other person or this other group? And would you move some of that positivity, that grace—it's a Christian word for uh, it—to here? Would you help me see this person the way you see them, not the way that I see them in a kind of knee-jerk, judgmental way? I know that my thoughts about this person routinely go. To this negative and and i want to acknowledge that but i want to see bigger would you show me more would you help me turn the way that the angel and um, samuel did in that story would you help me turn and just see what's true see what's beautiful that's all there is to that um it doesn't have to take long um And I described a way to do that in one's home where you can control the environment and and, uh, make a a beautiful space. But it could also be done in a lesser way, um, waiting in line somewhere or, um, I don't know, this is is an attitude of mind that could be done in brief moments if that's uh, uh, what you choose to do. Sometimes I'll do that. Uh, the When I do my banking, which I have to do a little late, later today, I try to go at times when I can expect the lines to be short, but they're not always. And so before I get out of the car at the bank, I pray for everybody in the building. <laughs> it's like before I have a chance to pass some little judgment about somebody's tattoo or nose ring or um, overhear uh, conversations about their finances and stuff, before I have any opportunity to have opinions that I don't need to have. Would you just help me see the goodness of uh, of everyone in this place? May I see them shining, uh, and then my I can make them pray for uh, whatever uh, their needs might be. So anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, but I hope this is helpful. Um, I believe that we can we can go to a deeper level of um, of seeing the beauty in others. But it doesn't always happen uh, without effort sometimes we really do need to uh, get rid of a kind of screen or a set of prejudgments that dispose us to think the worst of somebody or some group Uh, and and i just believe that if if you follow jesus even if that person or group reoffends or never says they're sorry that doesn't mean i have to hate doesn't mean that i have to presume a huge difference between me and that other because i want to be um, in union I, I want to be uh, i believe oneness is built into the universe and that's why it's called uni uh and I, I want to be a part of the oneness and not a part of the separation i want to be a part of and not apart from all the other folk that god has put here with me so that's it for today um Remember that I'm praying for you. If you want to be in touch with me, I'm reachable through my website, which is Nathan-Castle.com. If you want uh, specific information about any of the characters in the stories, I do ask that you read the book first. Uh, There's just not enough hours in the day for me to describe things that I've already spent time describing. So that would be helpful. But if there's something I can do for you, just uh, please let me know. For now, this is Father Nathan Castle. Uh, Thanks for being a part of this episode of The Joyful Friar. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joyful Friar. Please like, follow, and subscribe. You can visit me at nathan-castle.com. Send me a message by clicking the contact button. God bless.